global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all plunging today. Stocks moving by the most in 10 months to the downside, joining a sell-off in global risk assets on speculation that the U.K. decision to leave the European Union will hamper worldwide growth. We did have equities fall to session lows in afternoon trading. The Dow at one point was down more than 650 points. It ends the Friday session with a loss of 611 points at 17,399, a drop there of 3.4%. S&P 500 index down 76, a drop of 3.6%. NASDAQ down 4.1%. The 10-year yield, 1.55%. Gold surging $57 the ounce to 13.20, a gain there of 4.5%. Crude oil down 5%, down 249 a barrel. West Texas intermediate at 47.62. Sterling moving to a 30-year low today. Right now, $1.3658. Don't forget, stay with Bloomberg Radio all weekend long for our continuing coverage of Brexit, including special editions of Bloomberg Surveillance, Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Wall Street time. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Commodities, the future of commodities and hard assets after a vote by the United Kingdom to leave the European Union. All right, let's find out what happens. We've got Jody Gunsberg, Global Head of Commodities and Real Assets at S&P Dow Jones Indices. Jody, thanks very much for coming in the studio. Uh, first of all, I want to just get your impression on what you felt when you first learned that the vote was to leave the European Union and then tell us about gold, oil, and some of the commodities that have reacted. I was surprised this morning when I woke up and saw the results of the vote was actually to leave. Uh, fundamentally, I don't think it changes much for commodities, especially in the short term. It's too early to tell. Uh, the basic supply and demand doesn't really get impacted by the Brexit decision. Uh, commodities are on pace to have their best quarter since 2009. So those improving fundamentals don't change. But in the long term, it could be positive if it helps Great Britain's economy and their GDP growth. And again, that's the long term. But I think it could be positive for them. In what way? Because as they uh, start supporting some of the other European nations less and start uh, focusing on their own economics, um, it may be better for things like jobs, production's growth. It could be helping consumer spending, possibly the housing market. So when we look at all of the economics as they improve and then inflation may start to take hold a little bit and interest rates may rise again one day all in the long term, then those are all positives for commodities demand. I was looking, of course, like many people, at the price of gold today. Up, uh, well, right now, spot gold still trades uh, four, up uh, four and three quarters of a percent. That's a gain of nearly $60 an ounce. We've crossed the $1,300 threshold, $1,316. Does that continue? 
I think that there's a high possibility that that can continue. Again, when we've looked at the history of the index, uh, price of around 1800 would match the index history. And we've never seen an event like Brexit before, which could introduce more volatility, more uncertainty for the market, which typically helps gold. Gold is a strong diversifier, and it performs well when the stock market doesn't. It's had such a run, though. We had a guest on who, as he was leaving, so I won't quote him, said that uh, gold looks overbought to him. It's up, what, 25, 30 percent in this last leg of the rally. Is it possible that uh, for a while, anyway, any Brexit headlines that don't suggest this is actually going to go through, that'd be vulnerable to some kind of sell-off? Gold had quite a decline in 2013. We may remember that it had its biggest drop since 1981, and it never really rebounded. And it rebounded in the first quarter of this year from the Chinese stock market volatility. And then it hasn't really picked up the momentum through the uh, period of market stability when other commodities have rallied. But now that we have this new, newly introduced um, uncertainty about Brexit, it may cause investors to be going towards gold. We saw gold was up quite a bit today. And again, gold on average, when the stock market falls, if it falls about 10 percent, then gold gains about 3 percent per month. But if it falls more, like 20 percent, then gold gains gains about six and a half percent per month. So there's a big upside potential when there's stock market uncertainty because people like to feel and touch gold. They feel the safety of gold. They like the flight to um, safety and its store of value as a currency. Well, rather than just talking about the people that like gold, tell me about central banks and their relationship to gold and then their relationship to the pound sterling, because it seems as though you hold things in order to maintain those reserves. And when the pound sterling falls to 136 against the dollar, you might have to make up that shortfall. Gold is really hard to peg to one influence in the entire macroeconomic landscape. You really can't point to inflation, the dollar, interest rates. But the one thing, if anything, that predicts gold is the central bank buying and selling. But they always seem to be off on the timing. They get it wrong. So when the central banks historically have been selling, that's when gold starts to go up. And historically, when the central banks start buying, that's when you see gold falling. So uh, it might be linked to the dollar, But surprisingly, most commodities fall when the dollar rises, and most commodities rise when the dollar falls. Gold, on average, rises no matter what the dollar does. So what about some other commodities? Copper was down today. Uh, That's obviously not gold. It's more of an industrial metal. What are some of the other commodities you're watching closely? One of the factors right now that's impacting commodities the most, besides what's going on macroeconomically, is the season that we're in. Commodities are seasonal. It's the summertime, and the third quarter is best for commodities. The commodities that do best in the summertime are the unleaded gasoline. That's from the increased driving. The crude oil does well in summer as the input to unleaded gasoline. Precious metals do well. Gold has its best quarter historically in the third quarter, and wheat does very well over the summer. Now, I know that we just had Fadel Gate of Oppenheimer on talking about energy and looking at NYMEX crude down more than 5% today. Scotland, or Currently, the United Kingdom, a big producer of oil, will that change 
the disposition of their oil wealth as i mean there was even talk about perhaps another referendum in scotland for uh for independence from the united kingdom the relationship between scotland the united kingdom and where the oil is produced in the north sea and how the prices are transported and priced into the ice exchange in london is a real concern in this situation because Scotland and um, and England need to be in agreement in order to have these prices passing through. And there's been other issues with Brent oil about Brent oil possibly diminishing in its reserves, adding other oils like African oils into the price of the contract in order to keep the contract liquid enough to trade. But this year in the benchmark, uh, WTI oil actually took over Brent as the global benchmark, was a which was a big event. So I think this is a real concern for how Brent gets priced and used as a global benchmark. Uh, and and speaking of Fidelgate, he said that this the Brexit doesn't mean really no connection with the main factors right now for oil, supply and demand, this drop in supply, the steady demand. Uh, and in fact, he sees from $50 in oil gradually wake, working its way up to about 60 bucks a barrel for for uh, NYMEX crude, and then that's it. That if that's all that happens, that seems like it's certainly a lot better for the producers, so they stay in business, but also very good uh, for consumers. I don't see any of the U.S. companies changing their production decisions because of the Brexit outcome. And I also don't see Saudi Arabia changing their position on oil production because of the Brexit outcome. If anything, again, the volatility of oil might pick up in the futures market because investors will feel like it's too risky to put their money into the futures market. And then what happens is we may see a crash in open interest. If that happens, then the suppliers have even more incentive to pull back, not supply more, because the insurance is too expensive for them to buy. And as they pull back on the production that would support the price and possibly drive oil higher. All right, I got to just ask you before you go, I, the silver, the poor man's gold, because <laughs> uh, I was looking at silver. May the 25th, price of silver trading at $16.30 an ounce. Now we're talking about $17 and more than 75 cents an ounce. That's a nearly 9% increase. Yeah, silver's done better than gold uh, in the second quarter, and it continues to do well both silver and gold tend to do well um, in times of market crises. There's moments where silver outperforms much more than gold. Silver is more volatile than gold. And on the upside, many investors feel that there's more potential from silver than there is from gold. But when real fear sets in, investors go to gold. Jody Gunsberg, thank you so very much for joining us. Global Head of Commodities and Real Assets from S&P Dow Jones Indices. I'm Kathleen Hayes, Long Pim Fox. We're taking stock on Bloomberg Radio.